Hello, and welcome to Wild Women, the Wild Swimming Podcast. I'm Laura MacDonald. Today I'm chatting about access rights to waterways in England with the utterly lovely Chantelle Grundy. But before we get to our chat, I just wanted to have a quick catch-up to see how you are getting on. Feeling a bit more free and mobile than the last time we spoke, I hope. I certainly am. Since I recorded the last episode, travel restrictions in Scotland have finally lifted and I was able to get back to my longtime favourite swim spot on the banks of Loch Lomond. Did I listen to a bit of run rig on the way there? Yes, of course I did. Did I have a wee cry? Very nearly. Did I accidentally end up on the BBC Lunchtime News? Yes, chattering teeth and hot water bottle up the jumper included. What can I say? It was a weird but amazing day. I'm so excited about getting a bit of variety in my swimming again. I even have my first sea swim booked in for tomorrow and I cannot even tell you how excited I am about that. There will no doubt be an overabundance of posts about my trip on Instagram and if you fancy keeping up to date with my swim photos and squinting selfies then you will need to follow Wild Women Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Hello and welcome if you're one of the new followers on Facebook. Thank you very much for the little boost and for your support. I have a few exciting things coming your way in the next few weeks. Those of you who, like me, are partial to a glass of wine really need to keep an eye on my feed. You will also get to see photos of our lovely guests so that you can put a face to the voice. And you can also tag me in your photos and I will share them in my stories every Tuesday. I do this in an effort to cheer myself up between swims and bouts of housework, so please use the hashtag WildWomen and show me your post-swim grins and cake. The socials are the best way to get in touch with me, but you can also let me know the joy in your heart by leaving a review for the show via your podcast platform of choice. I read them all because I am needy for feedback and approval. If you really love the show and want to keep it going, please consider supporting my Patreon. For a very tiny monthly contribution of £3, which is less than the cost of the ice cream that I bought my daughter today that she then smeared all over her coat, you will have access to extra Wild Women content and community, as well as the general warm glow that comes from helping keep a one-woman show on the road and in your ears. Now, let's get to the meat and potatoes. Chantelle Grande is a swimmer, paddler and triathlete, as well as an absolute charm of a human. In her day job, she works as an access and environment officer with British Canoeing and very generously agreed to talk to Wild Women about the work that she does to bring clarity to the laws on our rights to access the waterways in England through the Clear Access Clear Waters campaign. Before we get into it, I just want to make a public apology for my lack of clarity in this episode. I was massively sleep deprived the day that I interviewed Chantel. And the thing I've noticed about sleep deprivation is that you never really know how bad it is at the time. It's only in retrospect, like when I have to edit an interview in which I sound practically drunk, slow speech and rambling questions the lot, that it becomes obvious just how debilitating a lack of sleep can be. Luckily for me, Chantelle is an absolute star who really knows her stuff and basically self-directed the interview. We chatted about how she got started in the water, the vagaries of the law, and why it's so important to put your swim stories and good works on social media. Chantelle Grundy, where do you pop yourself on my little scale of swimmers? Are you a dipper, a swimbler? Do you do serious swimming or are you an athlete? Probably go that swimbler kind of level. I do like just going for a little swim in the river, but equally I do like to push myself sometimes and do some triathlons 
triathlons wow so you like the running and the biking side of it as well I do yeah I do like the running and the, and the cycling side of it it was swimming that I'd got more of a question mark over when I first started because obviously I learned to swim at school and my hair is very curly so I, I suffer very much with frizzy hair um so during my teenage years I didn't actually do a lot of swimming and then when I started swimming again as an adult, um, it tended to be head above water, breaststroke, which, you know, absolutely fine. But I wanted to do a triathlon and just push myself a little bit. And obviously, when you're doing breaststroke and you look at triathlon lanes, swimming lanes, they're quite narrow. So I really wanted to have a go at learning front crawl again. So I started that process at, at my local swimming pool, one length at a time, improving getting the stroke better and eventually I could do enough to do a triathlon which was a pool triathlon and then I fancy doing a triathlon which perhaps was open water and saw the Diva Divas triathlon advertised up in Chester which is swimming in the River Dee and decided to to give that a go so that was my first river swim was with the Diva Divas triathlon and I absolutely loved it. So you've been a, an outdoor swimmer ever since or yeah? yeah? Yeah, my favourite one has to be the local river Witham, which isn't too far away from me, actually. Um, and I tend to go in there for, for more just a, a swimble kind of swim and just chill out, relax with my friends. Um, obviously, I've not been able to go properly now for a few weeks because we're in lockdown. But hopefully, once we start to come out of lockdown, I'll be able to catch up with some friends and go for a swim again in the river with them. So I'm really looking forward to that. But being able to swim in the river, it, it's that kind of pause button on your life. You know, my, I work full time, I'm a single parent and things get really hectic. So just being able to go for a swim in the river, it's lovely. It's that pause button. And certainly at this time of year, you certainly have that exhilaration factor because it is quite chilly as well. Am I right thinking you work with Clear Access Clear Waters, which is Clear a, Access Clear Waters. What, uh, what does the organisation do? Okay, so I work for British Canoeing as the Access and Environment Officer. And for, for, for many years, there's been a bit of a dispute, if you like, about the rights to, to paddle and where you can paddle on inland waters. And there's two schools of thoughts on this. First school of thought is that rivers are private and they're off limits. And the second school of thought, and this is you know what I believe, what British Canoeing believes, is that... Um, there is a right of navigation on rivers, that there is a wealth of evidence um, under common law that all rivers that are physically capable of being navigated, there is that, that right to do so. The law continues to be a grey area, so what we're looking to do is to get that clarity in legislation, and that's really how the Clear Access, Clear Waters campaign was born, to, to lobby government to get that clarity in legislation. There's... 96% or so of inland rivers in England are actually contested. And we've seen huge growths in, in paddle sport and also in, in outdoor swimming. You know, this has such big implications for swimmers and paddlers. And we feel that particularly 
following on the pan from the pandemic, it's really highlighted how essential access to blue space is for our own mental health and well-being and to connect with nature. And that's that second strand of the campaign is all about protecting the places that we love to paddle and swim and engaging in environmental stewardship, if you like. Obviously, we've got the problem of the legal access being uh, a very grey area. It, it, I have to admit, from coming from a Scottish context, I don't fully understand how muddled the, the English system is because we just are allowed to go about our business as long as we're responsible. Okay, so this is a slight oversimplification. As much as I'd love you to believe it, Scotland isn't really the utopia where swimmers, anglers and landowners all hold hands and sing around the camping kettle. However, the Land Reform Scotland Act 2003, which came into force in 2005, does give everyone rights of access over land and inland water throughout Scotland, as long as they behave responsibly. The rights only apply to those on foot, cycle or horse. And so one way that landowners can deny access is to remove parking areas. This actually happened to me at one of my lockdown swim spots over the winter. And I know that over in Clackmannanshire right now, the Wild Women Swimming Group are currently in discussions with a landowner who has recently blocked off the parking area near their swim spot. However, while the old battles between landowners and the rest of us are not over in Scotland, the fact that the law is very clearly on our side is massively reassuring. So what kind of issues do come up in a river that has kind of contested access? What kind of problems can swimmers face? I think for swimmers and paddlers, sometimes, you know, you may be challenged on your right to be there. And this is why it's really important to get that clarity in legislation. We have the Countryside and Rights of Way Act. That's 20 years old now. And that was really a missed opportunity um, that gave open access on mountain, heathland and downland. And we'd really like to see that opened up to water and to vessels as well, the restriction on vessels within that. So the Crow Act is a mechanism that's already in place that could actually work to deliver what we're looking for, which is that clarity of legislation on water um, so that so that all river users can, can, are able to, to share the space and that's something you know some messaging that we're really strong on is all about that ability to share the space you know we can all live in 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 harmony we can all enjoy that blue space um but yeah that legislation would be really helpful for that so you're working towards uh, that kind of legislation what kind of actions are you taking to so clear access clear waters we're working on a number of different levels there's that lobbying side of it so lobbying government um and that's something that we're doing um as british canoeing officers through the environment bill through the agriculture bill there's opportunities to to see access within that to see its importance within within those pieces of legislation but also within the paddling community and the swimming community as well actually we're really encouraging recreational users to champion all the great things that they're doing so we have a lot of paddlers and swimmers involved in cleanups literally removing sacks full of plastic pollution and junk from our rivers so that's one part of the campaign to really highlight all the good things that are happening. We're also working on the water quality side of things. Raw sewage is actually still pumped into the rivers here in England. Mmm, sewage pollution. Tasty. 
If you haven't listened to my last episode, it's all about sewage pollution. And you should, of course, go back and listen. But the latest episode of the Rivers Trust Rambling About Rivers podcast is also on that subject and it's really fascinating. Links are, of course, in the show notes. In 2019, um, raw sewage was was released 200,000 times, which is, is quite astonishing, really. So we're also campaigning on that front as well. So you've got a lot of different campaigns on the go. What kind of what kind of format are those campaigns taking? Yeah, so through through the Clear Access Clear Waters campaign, we're lobbying on the government side of things, but we're always also engaging with paddlers in the wider community. So we're engaging on the paddle cleanup side of things, working with partners on that front. So working with Surface Against Sewage on big national cleanup campaigns. We're also highlighting the access side of things through Clear Access Clear Waters paddlecasts as well. So I'd definitely recommend a listen because there's some really interesting topics on there. But we're also working with the paddling community through canoe clubs to engage Clear Access Clear Waters champions. So we're encouraging clubs to speak to their local MPs, speak to their local councillors, and really highlight why having access on water is important to them and how it helps for their physical health their mental health and to also highlight the other benefits that paddling and swimming can bring to the community on the tourism side of things any kind of tips for our listeners you know about maybe how to get involved if this is something that they they could put their energies towards i would imagine that access on water and access to water is really key for for swimmers and for listeners and I would encourage swimmers to go onto the Clear Access Clear Waters website and sign our petition which is seeking clarity in legislation to make it clear that we are able to access waters so I'd certainly encourage people to sign up to the petition that will automatically generate a response as well to the local MP and again personalizing it explaining why access on water is important for you whether it's for your health and well-being whether it is to go out and get involved in a a river cleanup that would be really really helpful i think sharing the petition once you've signed the petition sharing that with friends talking to people if everybody talks to two other people about access on water and why it's important to them that will soon spread the word so I think certainly social media has a huge part to play and, and sharing those actions that we're all taking can really engage and inspire others to take action. Now, when I said that this edit was a challenge, you're about to see what I mean. I've left in a little clip of one of my more mangled questions for your enjoyment. Just imagine how bad the rest of it was. Also, just so you know, this interview was recorded before the recent death of the Duke of Edinburgh. So do please forgive my slightly flippant tone. What other kind of hobbies and activities have you got for paddle sports and things like that as well? When I first started, I first started paddling um, through my Duke of Edinburgh award. Um, oh, that's a pa- blast from the past. Yeah, I know. I had quite <laughs> an interesting experience. It was a pool session um, and I, I, I did the first session, missed the second one. And then I was in the kayak in the pool for the third session. And I said to the instructor, well, what happens if I, if I go over? And he says, oh, you'll be fine. And with that, I... I the boat went over and I was upside down <laughs> and it felt like it took ages to get back out but I'm sure it didn't so that was my first experience of kayaking and I kind of I've not really done a lot since as I, as I grew up I, I've been on holidays and and 
paddled on sit-on-tops. But it wasn't until I got the job at British Canoeing a few years ago that I decided to join my local canoe club, which is Lincoln Canoe Club. And I absolutely love it. It's, it's, it's a great laugh. There's all sorts of vessels to use. So there's your stand-up paddle boards, there's the kayaks, there's the open canoes and it's just a really good a really good way of engaging with like-minded people Um, and we get involved in river cleanups as well so we're always hauling plastic pollution out of our local waterways Um, and we're also looking at getting involved with the local rivers trust on the invasive species side of things so these are alien species that have come across from here and they're not native. So in, in where I paddle um, in Lincoln, we sometimes have floating pennywort. And this can grow up to 20 centimetres a day and it can actually clog up waterways if it's left. So we're just starting to go out and monitor that. I say just, I mean, literally once we're out of this lockdown, we'll be monitoring that. And then hopefully we'll be able to go and, and start pulling that out um, so that they don't have to use chemicals on it to kill it back or anything and I think this this is the thing with with paddlers and swimmers it's championing all those good things that you're actually doing for the environment because invasive species alone are, are a huge cost to the authorities to clear them so showing how we as paddlers as swimmers can can contribute to that whether it's literally pulling out penny water whether it's reporting it through to authorities which is something swimmers can get involved with um it's just highlighting all the good that we bring and it's highlighting how much generally paddlers and swimmers love the environment that we're in it's that connection that we feel with it i think obviously with the covid situation lots of people have had to stay local and they've really discovered their outdoors Gyms have been closed, swimming pools have been closed. So people have found new ways to keep fit in the local area. So paddling has seen huge increases in numbers. British Canoeing's membership has increased from just over 30,000 to over 60,000. Swimming, I know there's lots more people um, out swimming, doing wild swimming. In, in the groups that I'm, I'm in, it's, it's constantly, you know, new, new people joining in the group and saying hi. So I think the, the time is absolutely right now to be seeking that clarity in legislation for, for us all to be able to enjoy our blue spaces and the benefits that that brings for all of us. So Paddle Points is an online mapping system and has really helpful information. It's populated by paddlers and it's got all of those access points which are being used by paddlers, where your local facilities are, where car parking is. So if you're new to swimming or new to paddling, I'd recommend having a looking having a look at the Paddle Points website because that'll probably give you some really helpful information. Thank you so much, Chantel. Good luck with the fantastic work that you're doing. You can check out the work that Clear Access Clearwaters are doing on their Facebook page. This is a group for environmental and access discussions where you can feel free to talk about your experiences and join in with the community. If you want to keep up to date with the Clear Access Clearwaters campaign, then you will find all the links, including to their website, Facebook page, petitions and Paddlecast in the show notes. Please remember to share, review and subscribe to Wild Women. Reviews help to boost the show up the podcast charts, which helps others to find the show. So if you have a minute, please write me a wee line and I will be forever in your debt. 
You can follow Wild Women Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Feel free to share your swim stories and pictures with me. Thank you, as always, to Mary St Mary of the Housecoat Project for allowing me to use the theme music. Links to their work can also be found in the show notes. Until next time, enjoy the water. It's lovely. Baby, she don't want to let you back.